that's why we're talking about seasons of your life today. And uh, I've got a passage. This is something the Lord just impressed upon me this week. He said, there are a lot of people aren't receiving because you have not put them in the position to receive. I said, okay. And the Lord led me to this passage of scripture. This is where the scribes and the Pharisees, Jesus was teaching and he was teaching in parables. And a lot of them were just scratching their heads. What does this mean? And in Matthew 13, you don't have the scripture. He said, just, uh, Jesus said, I speak to them in parables because they seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand. You got teenagers, they hear you, but they don't understand. You know, that's what he's talking about here. And seeing you will not perceive. You ever see something, but you didn't really see it? Well, you, you thought you saw something, but you didn't really perceive it. And then Jesus says, for the hearts of the people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. And I think this is um, many of the church of America, that the hearts of people, it's dull. Their hearing is dull. And it says, their, uh, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts in turn, so that I should heal them. So he says, if you will listen and hear, and if you will, if you will see and perceive, he said, then you will turn to Jesus and he will heal you. So then he says this. See, that's, that's who sometimes we are. We walk in and we, we're not ready to receive. And I think that that's because maybe I haven't set the table properly for you to receive. But you see, because was anybody drugged to church this morning? Anybody drugged? And I'm talking about actually physically drugged, not something in your drink. You were not, nobody, was, nobody was forced to come in here today. So by your own will, you've said, I will come to this building. I will come listen to this preacher. Can I get an agreement there? So you've agreed. So I want to pray. This is what Jesus said after he said all that. And I want to speak this over you this morning. But say, but. but. He says, but blessed are your eyes for they say, see, my eyes can see. Say, my eyes are blessed to see. And he says, blessed and in your ears, for they hear. Say, my ears hear. Say, I see, I perceive, I hear, and I understand the word of God this morning. Say, I bind my mind to the mind of Christ. And I hear his words today. And I will obey them. Okay, so you've just submitted to the word. Not to me. Some of you don't know me. Some of you came in here like, I, I don't even know why I'm here. I was at Twisted Root and I saw the church. I thought, well, I'll just check it out. Uh, some of you, a friend invited you, but you showed up. But I, I just want you to know, if you will allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, the word of God will not return to him void. He says when the word goes out, it, it, it accomplishes its purpose. So this morning, may the word of God accomplish its purpose in you. Uh, can you put that, that first thing I had up there, the season? I want, I want people to, I want y'all to read this with me uh, at, in unison, not after me. Ready? This is the season to cultivate, transform, multiply, and empower believers to advance the kingdom of God. This is the sermon series, Autumn. You see the word autumn is in there. I couldn't figure it out on, on the, the, other, the other way. So I just had to figure out the, word, the, the words within the words to get those letters that spell autumn. So that's the sermon series. It's called Autumn. I should have called it fall because that's what I did yesterday. I was preparing for the sermon and I fell and I fell hard. But I'm up. I love autumn season. How many of you love the autumn season? 
See, most people, they love spring and autumn. But, but it's those in-between seasons. Like, it's the dead of summer. When it's 108 people, 108, and I, I marvel at people. Oh, man, I love the heat. I'm like, are you crazy? 108 degrees? You know, the only thing good about that is that fall is coming. I love it. I love to go out in the morning and take my coffee out in the backyard and this cool breeze is wafting, wafting, wafting. Is it, which one is it? Wafting, wafting, wafting over me. And, and, and I hear the birds singing. I just love, I love, I love the smell of grass, you know, and it, and like, it just reminds me that this is a new season because we get into that season, but fall is preparing us for that ugly season called winter. I don't care for winter at all. I'm not going to live up north. I'm not going to live where there's 12 feet of snow once in a while that you have to dig yourself out of. I'm not, I'm not crazy about winter. I, it's okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to have a snow once in every six years. It's great. But you know what winter prepares you for? It's springtime. The, when everything starts coming alive again. But God designed the seasons. God designed these. He's the one that spoke this world in existence. He's the one that ordained winter, spring, summer, and fall. You know? He's the one that did that. And so the th- it, it, there's so many things that happen in the natural, I mean, in, in, in the natural, that also reflect in, our, in, the, in the spiritual. And we have seasons of life. Every one of us has seasons. Say seasons. See, our season is one of the four seasons. And how many of you already started to notice the, the dif- difference in the, in the sundown, the sunrise, and, and, and it gets a little dark, and, and the way, way all these things change? How many of you already noticed that the leaves are starting to fall? In three weeks, uh, I've got a bucket list. I'm, see, I'm going to be 70 this year. So I've got a bucket list. I've been working on it for a while, like 70 years. And, <laughs> and I, I just have a couple of things left on it. I've already, where's Alex? Where's Alex? Where's that, Alex? I saw Alex, you jumped out of a plane, a perfectly good plane a couple of weeks ago. You ever done that before? Yes. Oh, my goodness. See, that used to be on my bucket list. It's not anymore. <laughs> it's not. No. I, always, I always wanted to go in my hot air balloon, but it's not on my bucket list anymore. When you get older, you get wiser. You don't jump out of perfectly good planes riding on the back of some dude that's been, you know, you know I'm just not going to do that. But I do want to go to New England, and I want to see the, the changing of the leaves. Oh, that means you're really old, Pastor. Now, I've been wanting to do that for a long time, because I've seen pictures. But, you know, pictures just don't do it justice. So we picked supposedly the optimum week, and we're going to go see Mariana and Jacob, and they're going to take us, and they're going to show us New England. And we're not going to have to be on a tour bus with a bunch of 80-year-old gray, blue hairs. You know, we're, we're just, not that I'm against 80-year-old, because I'm getting closer. Okay, so, so that's the seasons. I love these seasons. I love the change. Season also means something you do to your food. How many of you season your food? Everybody. How many of you like more salt and like, you know, a little bit more? Some of you are like pepper people. I've got an uncle that he opened. Every time you go to the restaurant, he will open the top of the pepper. Do you do that, Randy? And I thought, what are you doing? And he just dumps it all over his food. I said, well, just order pepper. Why eat food? (laughs) Brother-in-law, that's right. Not an uncle. The pain has caused me not to think straight. Uh... A season also is, a, is a characterized by a time in our life. Everybody in here is in a season of your life. Do y'all believe that? Yes. And so that means seasons mean what? C-H-A-N-G-E, change. 
Okay, y'all look to your left, my right. See that sign that says infants and toddlers? Back there, guess what's back there? Infants and toddlers. But guess what I'm looking at? Former infants and toddlers. All across the room, say, I used to be an infant, right? Didn't you? Some of you used to be toddlers. Well, actually, all of you used to be toddlers. Below us are children. There's a children's ministry going down there. There are some adults, but most of them are little kids, running those little kids. And guess what? You used to be that. That was a season of your life that God brought you through. Okay, so how many teenagers do we have here this morning? Stand up if you're a teenager. Teenager, stand up. Come on, hurry. Come on, we don't have all day. Okay, you're in a season of your life. You think you know everything. You don't. You think, no, stand up. I'm not done with y'all. You think your parents don't know nothing. What do you mean I can't stay out till 12? I'm an adult. You're not an adult. Sit down. Yeah, thank you. Very obedient. It took you like an extra five seconds to sit down. That's a true teenager right there. How many of you in your 20s? Stand up if you're in your 20s. Come on, 20-year-olds. See, you're in a different season of your life. You think, see, all these teenagers, you were a teenager not very long ago. And you couldn't wait to be a 20-year-old. Because the 20-year-olds, man, that's when you can, you know, 21, you can drink, you can party, you don't have to, you can move out of the house. And some of you said, you know what, I moved out of my house, but I think I'll move back to my house because I, they, they can pay the rent for me. So we got these 20-year-olds. See, you're in the beginnings of a whole new series of your, whole new chapter of your life. Whether you're going to college, you're going to a career, or you're getting married, you can sit down now. How many of you are 30-year-olds? 30-year-olds, stand up. If you're in the 30s. Uh, he, now this, yeah. This is the primo time of life. Right? This is, you're living the dream, right? 30 years old, you got it. You're not a kid anymore. You're not old anymore. You're right there in the middle. And you're making decisions and everything is perfect in your life, right? Sit down. Okay. All right, 40-year-old, if you're 40, I'm not going to leave anybody out. Y'all will be offended. 40-year-olds. See, now, see, y'all know that the 30-year-olds didn't have it all figured out, but you do, because you're 40. You got this, oh, and you know what, you know what you got to look to, you got have to look forward to as a 40-year-old? Being a 50-year-old. Yeah. That's when they start saying, oh, yeah, half a century, five decades. They're going to bring it to you. How many of you are close to 50? Come on, all right. Sorry, right, you can be seated. 40-year-olds. You know, 40-year-olds, you know what you're, you know where you're at? You're in that midlife crisis time. That's when, when your husband, if he drives home in a sports car, you better start looking around. You know, we call it, in, in women, you talk about seasons of change. When women go through, you know what they call it? The change. Oh, God, you would want a sports car to drive away when they're going through the change. 50-year-olds, stand up. Half a century old people. What do y'all think you're all of all of that in a bag of chips? Yeah. <laughs> all right, just sit down. I'm like, y'all have already, y'all have already. 60 year olds, you got any 60s? Yeah, here, here. Come on, let's give them a hand because you know what? They're getting close to Medicare, free health care. Yes, retirement. All right, you sit down. 
get the free check. You think it's free? It's your money. You've been paying it in for 50 years. Oh, look what the government, no, the government, that's your money. Just pray that it's still there when you're 50 or 65 or 70. All right, that was me. I was in the 60 group just for a little bit longer. 70-year-olds, stand up. You know why they're applauding? Because you made it to 70. You can be seated. That's when all the life insurance companies say, well, that's the, you know, that's the, most people, that's the average age of mortality, 72. I think that's changed over the years, but, uh, okay, 80 and above, we got any more over 80s? Whoa. Well, if this is a football game, y'all be in overtime. Yeah. 90? Shall I say 90? Oh, well, that was sudden death. That, overtime. I just wanted you to see that everybody in here, whatever age you're at, you're in a different season. And you don't stay the same. High school kids, you think this is, you're not going to stay the same. And nobody really wants to stay the same until you get older. Then you kind of want to back up a little bit. If I knew now what I knew then, you'd what? You'd be a billionaire, right? You would have bought McDonald's stock way back when it was just a little bitty company. So we're all in different stages of our life. Some of you are in better stages than others in certain ways. Some of you are going through some things that you don't ever want to go through. I've been through some things. Everybody in here has been, most of you have been through some things that you didn't really want to go through. But the fact is you're going through it. And you've got to know who's with you as you're going through it. We just sang this song, Make Me a, a Vessel. In the crushing, in the pressing, you're making new wine. So whatever you're going through today is the crushing. It may be crushing, like when Albert was actually being crushed in a truck after he had been thrown out poured from a dumpster into a trash truck that started compressing him. Some of you may think that you're going through some pressing. Some of you may think you're going through some crushing today. But you, that song says, but in the, in the soil, I now surrender. In the dirt, we now surrender. Because God is breaking new ground in each and every one of us. See, God is breaking, say, God is breaking, God is breaking. new ground in me. See, he can work with a broken heart. God can work with a broken heart. He can, he can start feeding the soil of a broken heart with, with incredible things that, that make the soil produce these beautiful flowers or grapes or whatever you want to produce. He's doing that right now in your life. It says, says, so I yield to you and to your careful hand. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. See, that's the problem. Dr. Sempebwa brought that. That's the word today, that we think we have to understand everything to grow, but you don't have to understand everything to grow. Listen, Mary Lou and I, we, we love plants. If you come to our house, you will see uh, all sorts of bougainvilleas and, and jade and, and dew plant and all these different kind of plants, and sometimes they grow, sometimes they don't. We really don't know what we're doing all the time. We might ask somebody, what do we need to put on that? How do, where do we need to place them in the sun or not? But we don't know everything about plants, but that's not going to stop us from buying more plants. 
Because we love plants. We love the color of it. We love the smell of plants. And so whatever you're going through today, you've got to allow God to do some breaking of the soil in your life. You've got to allow him to do some tilling in your life. You've got to give him. You've got to yield to him even though you don't understand because you will never understand God. Because he's God. And you're not See, if we can just get to that place that we don't have to, oh, God, why me? Why this? Why that? Listen, the why me's and the what is with God, they just don't matter. You can ask them all you want to, but God does not have to answer you because he's God and you're not. Okay? Let's stand and close and pray now. Okay. Four points today. So everybody say four points. Not eight, not ten, just four. So, you know, I didn't go to seminary because I know they just do three points. That's all they do is three. But sometimes I have a lot more than four or five or six or seven. But I have four points this morning. So if your Bibles, I want you to turn to two places at one time. Well, you know what I mean. Turn to one and put your finger and find the other one. Come on. James 1 and 1 Peter 1. you've got it on their phone, just scroll there and find it. James 1, if you're using the, new, the Passion Translation, it's Jacob. Uh, I grew up saying James 1, they had to change it to Jacob in that one thing. I don't know. James 1 and 1 Peter 1, they're in the New Testament. All right. You're going to see why I've used two. I don't do this very often, but you'll see this in a second. James 1.1 says, James, a bondservant of God. Say a bondservant. A bondservant is somebody that actually chooses to be a servant. They're not forced into slavery. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Say scattered. scattered. Okay. Then he says greetings. Now go to 1 Peter 1. Verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion. Say dispersion. In Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Don't get hung up on that. In sanctification of the Spirit, that's just separated to God for obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what he did at the cross. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. So the first thing I want you to see this morning, we're going to get through this quickly, is that there's a season of scattering. Say a season of scattering. See, well, that word, when you look at that, when you see the word scattering, and you also look at the word dispersion, you know, in the Greek, they are the, actually the same word. It's diaspora. Say diaspora. So you learned some Greek today. I just learned it for a sermon. Then I, it just, I don't, I can't remember it tomorrow, you know. But it's diaspora. Say diaspora. That's dispersion. That means to be scattered. And it says in James, it says the 12, sky, the 12 tribes were scattered abroad. And in 1 Peter, it said they were the pilgrims of the scattering or the dispersion. Now, I want to ask you this morning, in this season of your life, do you feel scattered? Have you ever felt scattered before? You know, it's scattered. You know, you, we use the term, well, he's scatterbrained. Anybody ever been called scatterbrained? 
Because you're always thinking about a million different things that are going on in your life. And so you're a scatterbrain. Some people call that ADHD. I don't know. But it's, and, and there's a scattering uh, of your emotions. There's a scattering of, of the events going on in your life. Your life is in upheaval. You're not in your, in your natural habitat. You know, we have a lot of college students here today. And, and I was at the band practice uh, Friday. And I got to go out on the field. And it was cool because Jonathan went. He, they were all over. They were scattered all over the place. They had the, they had the horns over here and the drums over here. And another section over here. Another section over there. The flags. And, and, and they were all scattered over the field. And, and Jonathan gets on the speaker. <laughs> and I said, you know what? That reminds me of Jonathan. It's like when the farmer drives the truck out into the field. And the cattle start coming from all directions. Here they came. You know. Like, and they were coming to gather around. So, and I asked him, how many of you first are, are not from San Angelo? Most of the band at ASU is not from San Angelo. There were just a few. So they're out of their natural habitat. How many of you remember when you left, uh, left home for the first time? Come on, raise your hands. Oh, yeah. Where's mama? Where's daddy? Where's my food? Where, who's who's going to feed me? You know? But there was, a, there was a, a place, a new season of your life when there was, you were scattered. But see, God has a way of scattering us. He had a way of scattering these groups of people here. You know how they were scattered? They were scattered from persecution, mostly. They had to leave where they were from. And wherever they were scattered, it's like a farmer. You know what I'm doing this morning? I'm scattering seed. The Word of God is called seed. That sounds pretty cool, then. I'm scattering seed out here. And some of it falls on good ground. But I'm saying today that it's all good ground. It's falling on. And so God has this way of scattering us, getting us out of our comfort zone as Christians. Because sometimes we get in our easy chair and we get our remote in the, in the, in, in the spiritual sense. And we don't want to do anything. We just want to be safe. And God never called us to safe. God never called you to comfortable. Did he? Oh, I'm just so comfortable at that church. You know, if you're comfortable here, I'm not preaching the Word of God. Because the Word of God doesn't make you comfortable. It makes you challenged. It makes you feel like, oh, I've got some more things to do. I, I've got, I'm, I may be 70. I may be 80. I may be in overtime. But I still got things to do for the kingdom of God. So what we're doing in this whole series is these seasons we're cultivating and you're going to bring transformation. All these things are going to be so we can advance the kingdom of God right here in San Angelo, Texas. Not advance freedom fellowship, but the kingdom of God. It's not about a church body. It's about the kingdom. When Jesus came back for 40 days and said he didn't preach about church, he preached the kingdom of God. So what churches, you know what churches are for? To promote and do the works of the kingdom. So we come together here, we get pumped up, we get, we get trained and equipped, and we go out and do kingdom work. You don't go out and do church work. You are the church. Say, I am the church. Okay, because so we're the temple of God, and he lives within us. We don't have to go to a temple. This is not a temple. This is a, an assembly where we come together to get encouraged to go out, and God scatters us out in, in, the, in, in, the, in the areas around us, in our schools, in our workplace. Uh, he just scatters us out there so we can do the work of the kingdom of God. Different season of your life. Amen. James 1, 1 says, James, the bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Say living hope. Living hope. To an inheritance incorruptible. Say incorruptible. 
Say undefiled. It's an undefiled, incorruptible, that does not fade away, is reserved in heaven for you. Listen to verse 5. Who are kept by the what? The power of God. Not, you're not, you don't keep yourself. You're kept by the power of God through what? Faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. The second thing I want you to see this morning is we need to recognize the God of the seasons. We need to recognize the God of the seasons. When we think that our season is all about us and that we're going to accomplish this and we're going to do that. Listen, guys, you're going to miss it. You're going to end up you're going to end up failing when you think you're going to produce your own future or you're going to make everything happen. Listen, that 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 terminology, I'm going to make it happen. That will get you in trouble. Because then it becomes all about you. And when you think you're going to make it happen and you leave God out of the equation, I'm telling you, you're in for heartache. You're in for failure. So you need to understand, even as we pray for our nation, God, we're not going to rise up and build a great nation again. God, you're going to build a great nation through us. We can't take credit for what God's going to do. God is a jealous God. He does not want us to take his glory. So if he doesn't want us to take his, his glory, that means that he wants to work in us and through us because he lives in us. And he really wants us to succeed. He really wants you to, to go for everything that he's put in front of you. Not go for everything you think you need to get, but go for what God has put in your heart to go for. So the, we need to find that place of peace with God as we move forward through this season. You can walk through the season by yourself, or you can choose to let God lead you through the season of your life. I think it's better if you would choose God. Just like he chose winter, spring, summer, and fall. He has got a design for the seasons of your life. He wrote a book about you. Did you know that? He's written a book of your life. Amen. And he wants your life to line up with the book. You know, we want, I've said this many times and many other people have said it too. I'm not going to take credit for it. But you know what we want to do? We want the Bible to fit us. We want the Bible to conform to us. We want God to conform to us in our wishes and our wants and our fleshly desires instead of us conforming to the Word of God, conforming to the Holy Spirit, conforming to the Father and the Son. Instead of conforming and, and saying, God, I, it's like the, Dr. Simpebo said that Saturday, last Saturday night, we are just clay, we're lumps of clay, but we are in the hands of the potter. And the potter is God. Don't take yourself off the wheel, okay? Stay there, let him mold you, let him press you, let him make something beautiful out of you. How do you do that? Romans 1.17 says this, for in it, Paul was saying in the, the it is the gospel of Christ. He says the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Say faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So in, in this season of life, there are two couple of things here I want you to see. That we live this, these seasons faith to faith. That means we walk in this faith. And as we walk in this faith, we walk in a greater faith. And then we walk in a greater faith. And we walk in a greater faith. It's the growing process. He also says this in 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Say glory to glory. glory, to glory. 
just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Another way that we progress through the seasons of our life, wherever you find yourself today, you need to find yourself in faith, but you also need to find yourself in His presence. That's the glory to glory. The more you're in His presence, the more you want to be in His presence. And the more you want to be in His presence, the more He wants to, so he, he wants to pour His Spirit out upon you. He wants, but you've got to yield to Him. You've got to yield to his, his presence and walk in his glory. Walk in, his, walk in the faith that he's put in your heart to walk in. And as you do that, you will walk through these seasons, not somehow, but successfully. How many of you just want to get by? See, if you just want to get by, well, God will just let you get by. But he, he's going to agitate you sometimes. He's going to agitate you so much that you're going to go, I don't want to live like this anymore. There's got to be something more in my life. That's what happened to Mary Lou and myself back in, in like in 1999. We were in a denominational church. And it's like those walls. We would just keep walking. Anybody ever, uh, what was it, Animal House? I shouldn't refer to that movie. But, <laughs> Shoot. That's, oh, that's, that's pre-going after God. <laughs> but you remember the band when they went down the alleyway and they just marched into the wall and they all just kind of, they all back, they all just, yeah, how many of you know that? No, oh, no, we don't go, we even watch that movie. Gee. Because the band, because the leader, Jonathan should know this. He's like the leader of the band. He, he was directed and he walked down. They were down there. And this get to the end of the alley and it's blocked off. And so they all just kind of, the whole band was like there just mashing up together. You know, they, they, weren't, they weren't being led anymore because they were at a dead end. How many of you know that you can get at the dead end of your faith? You can come up against the wall and you go, what am I doing here? There's got to be a better way. Well, that's what happened to Mary Lou and myself back in the in late 90s. We just said, well, God, there's got to be more to this. Uh, it says there's something, there's gifts in the Bible. There's healing in the Bible. There's all these incredible things, but we haven't been taught that. We've just been given so much. And then they said all that ceased and all that ended. But it says in your word, God, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says that you're the giver of good gifts. It says that you are, I'm the Lord, that God, I do not change. Why, why, do we, why are we stuck here? against the wall why are we not experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit because the Bible says that we get power we're empowered by the Holy Spirit but if you want to get stuck if you want to get stuck he'll let you get stuck but he'll let you get stuck long enough that you go Whew, I'm done with this I got to find some way out of here and you start seeking him he says seek first the kingdom of God his righteousness, then all this other, these other things will begin to happen in your life. Man, it's important that we recognize the God who created the seasons knows exactly what place, what season you're in right now. You think he doesn't know. You think God doesn't even care. You think he's, he doesn't understand. Well, listen, Jesus understands. He's been through everything that we've been through and much more. He says, I understand you and I'm here for you. And I want you to walk through this season successfully. You know, some of you, when you, you, you get, you're, you're, you're walking up and you're hitting that wall, that spiritual wall, or, or God's called you to something. You know what we do as is, is human beings, we're so good at, we make excuses. Well, I'm in this season of my life. I can't do that yet. I'm, I, I can't serve here. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm not smart enough. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not gifted enough. I'm too shy. And we can come up with a million reasons why we're not going to serve. And God says, once you get through that, I want you to flip over to in, I'm in my word. In Philippians 4.13 says, uh, uh, what can we do through Christ? All things. 
all things through Christ who gives us the strength to do those things. So this, this morning, if you're in a season of your life and you're in the I can't do it season, you just need to repent and say, God, I can do all things through Christ when you give me the strength to do it. Verse 2 in James 1. Oh, my goodness. I hope the food's not going to be burned. For their sake, not mine. I'm just, I can eat it burned. My brethren, count it all joy. Say, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect. That means mature, incomplete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. First Peter 1 Peter 1.6 says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. The third thing is we are in the season of various trials. Both of these passages talk about various trials. Your trials and my trials may be totally different. Your neighbor's trials, they may look the same, but for you, that trial is different than for the person next to you. How you react to that trial may be different than how somebody else would react to the same trial. And that's based upon what? That's based upon our background, based upon our ethnicity, based upon our, our schooling. It's based upon who the, the people we hang out with. It's based upon how we were raised. And so we all react differently to various trials in our life, don't we? Don't we? Okay. But God says, I am the God, and in the midst of your trial, I'm still God. And whatever your trial is, you can find joy in it. Woo! See, most of us, we, we look at that passage, and we go, who wrote that? That's ridiculous. We're going through trials, various trials, and we're supposed to, yay, awesome. But it says, count it joy. There's a difference in going, Yippee! My car just got rear-ended, and my—I just lost my pension. I, you know, we 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 think, how can we have joy in those times when things are going wrong? Oh, I just got a, a horrible diagnosis. Glory to God, you know. And he says, no. He says, count it joy. Count it joy. See, if we count it as a wreck, as we count it as a loss, as we count it as a horrible diagnosis, and we don't count it in the way that God wants us to count it, we will immediately go fall off the charts. We will go into depression. We will go into blame. We will feel condemnation. And the enemy will have a heyday once you start saying everything that you're going through, oh God, what happened? Did you desert me? You're not the God that I thought you were. And God says, count it all joy when you go through these various trials that's called faith church when you look at something and it doesn't look good it doesn't feel good you say God I don't know this doesn't feel good this doesn't you can be honest with God that's okay but say God I know you're trying to show me something right now because this is going to produce something in me because what happens when we go through these various trials by faith and we count these things joy he says and you get the wisdom of God in the midst of it he says it produces some things it produces patience. It produces faith. 
and you're not the same person that you used to be. And you start reacting differently to different, these circumstances and these various trials. And when you start responding to them in a God-like manner, then you're going to be, uh, you're going to reflect that to other people that are going through the same kind of things. You're going to be able to come alongside them. I know what you feel. I know what you're going through. Let me tell you about my God. Let me tell you about my Jesus in the midst of what you're going through. And you can start sharing your faith with them. And you can raise them up. You can be that hand like Peter and John on that day when they raised that, that, that cripple up. You can be that person that raises that person up that's in, a, in the miry clay that's in a trial. They're going through a tribulation. They just got horrible news and you're there. You say, listen, God will get you through this. Not somehow, but victoriously. So I don't know what your season is this morning, but God's in the midst of your season. He's in the midst of it. Say, he's in the midst of my season. Seasons of trial produce faith. I want to read one last verse. James 1, 6 through 8. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he's double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Let me go ahead and read the last scripture that I have. 1 Peter 1, 7. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. So you're being tested by fire? Guess what fire does to gold? It gets all the impurities out of it. Silver, all the impurities out of it. That though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom not having seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Receiving at the end of your faith the salvation of your soul. The season of trials this morning, church, produces faith in you. Would you stand this morning?